sci-fi gets happy again, Shudder gets a new familiar GM, and Ash versus partying? All that and more on this week's Horror TV Weekly. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. My interpretive dance for my criminal investigation class in high school. Um, yeah, um, we had a forensics club, and I was the uh, vice president of it. Um, but yeah, like I did an interpretive dance, and this was my murder scene. Um, was this song? And if you've seen Happy or at least Reservoir Dogs, you know why. Because this song is all about cutting off cops' ears or imaginary sock folks. <laughs> But enough about that, guys. I'm your host, Lucretia Lyon. You guys can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. But I am not alone. I have my lovely co-host with me today. Hey, y'all. This is Chauncey K. Robinson, and you can find me at Ms. Chauncey KR on Twitter. All right. Well, we have a buttload of news to get into, so let's just get into it. The AMC Networks actually named the new GM for the video on-demand service, Shudder, and also TV on-demand. Shudder does it all, guys, and it's Craig Engler, the co-creator of Z Nation. Yay! Yeah, yeah so this is good. We've got a guy who actually knows what he's doing um, at the helm, which is always great when you're dealing with something like Shudder that's a new sort of thing. I mean, it's an app where you can get horror movies and TV shows on demand, and they tend to focus on shows that are available in other countries. That's why I'm shocked that we haven't seen Outcast Season 2 pop up on Shudder. But who knows? Maybe they're working on it. Yeah, no, it's really exciting because, I mean, I have a Shudder subscription, and one of the things is that it has a lot of old-school movies. It has a lot of indie stuff, a lot of, you know, um, Sundance things. But to get a few more of the series would be really nice, which is what they're saying they may expand into, which would be really awesome to see a little bit more of that because people love horror TV. So it's like, you know, to have something that you can kind of stick with would be cool. Well, because, too, you know, when, you know, we'll get into Ash a little bit later, more in depth, but, you know, Stars has some issues in certain parts of this country right now. They're still working on that deal uh, for the tri-state area, and, you know, so there's a lot of places that don't necessarily get stuff like Ash versus Evil Dead or Stand Against Evil, which is on IFC. You know, there are certain shows that are really big in this genre that people don't have access to. As I brought up, Outcast Season 2 was never released in the U.S. Now, Cinemax has claimed they're going to release it this summer, but that's been a whole year since it was supposed to be out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with apps like Shudder now having someone like Craig at the helm, maybe we're going to get more series and maybe possible original content. No, that would be really cool, the original content as well with, you know, with the series aspect of it. And, you know, what we're saying with Ash versus, uh, you know, Evita, it's that sometimes they get held in this litigation of, you know, cable networks and and whatnot. And and if you have something on streaming, you don't necessarily have to worry about that because, you know, people are paying for it. They know it's going to be there. So I think it has potential for growth as well. Because I think one of the things with this kind of change that they're, do, they're doing is to kind of expand a bit more, um, even though, I mean, it's still a niche of horror, but probably, you know, different types in a way as well, so... Yeah, because that's the thing is there's so many different types of horror. You know, it's got subgenres like supernatural more and then slasher. And then you have, you know, your thrillers like straight up or, you know, 
And so that's the thing is I feel like they they tend to be a little abundant on more of like the classic slasher type yeah. stuff. So um, I'm glad that they're looking at getting a little bit more diverse content. Yeah, yeah I'm excited to yeah. see what he's going to come up with. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be great if Z Nation is any indication. So, yeah. Yeah, and two, speaking of great shows, and we talk a lot about Ash, um, Ash uh, has another parenting video out. I love these Who's Your Daddy videos, and Ash vs. Evil Dead comes out February uh, 25th, guys, and we will be doing the after show here at AfterBuzz TV. Um, but yeah, I've got a little video here to show, which is um, Ash teaching... Gonna need a minute. Okay, all right, guys, while we're queuing that up a little bit, we'll talk a little bit about the Charmed reboot. Yeah. Yeah, like, some people... (laughs) The controversy around the Charmed. I know, because we, like, (laughs) talked about this last week. I figured we'd bring it back, because Shannon Doherty, of all people, who is known for being a bit difficult, like, which I love her. I love Shannon Doherty. I've loved her since 90210. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, like, she was... uh, Mallrats is my favorite movie. Like, she was actually my favorite on Charmed, so, like, I kind of quit watching a little bit when she left. Same. I always know when she's gonna be on a show to catch it in the first season, because she won't be there by the (laughs) (laughs) And I love her, but I'll say that, at least on Charmed, she went a few more seasons. But yeah, yeah it was like okay, with she was least more positive. She still took issue with the feminist comment, which everybody has because it's like seriously, like yeah, WTF? Like why would you say a show that was about three sisters um, at all times being strong, being powerful is not feminist? I guess you don't. They're just doing clickbait, which is crap. Anyway, but Shannon Doherty's like, look, it's giving more women jobs. Let's keep an open mind, and I like that. Yeah. No, I, I like that, too. And I think that's kind of what we said last week. Or I was saying, I was like, you know, I don't particularly care for the fact that they're like, oh, the feminist thing. It's like, well, it was feminist before, but I'll still watch. Because yeah. there's, I mean, it's not necessarily like there's ill intentions with it. Like, it's going to be, I mean, there's a chance this might be an actually a very good show. It's just, I think it may have started off on the wrong footing, given the history of the cast. Um, there was even more controversy today with Rose McGowan and, you know... Alyssa Milano and stuff like that. So I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of weird blood with the previous cast, and so with that, we're kind of now that the reboot may be coming on, we're kind of getting all of that at once, which may be a, a little bit of a cloud over what could be a potentially good show. Yeah, and that is the thing is I just wish that they changed the name since that seems to be everyone's issue more than anything because it's not really a reboot. There's actually nothing other than the name and the fact that it's about witches that has to do with the original show. Yeah. So maybe they'll get take the hit, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, I I'm going to look forward to it because... I mean, I'm tired of vampire shows, so yeah. it'd be nice to have, like, another a witch show. show. Yeah. I mean, we have, like, uh, Sabrina, Sabrina coming, coming out, out yeah. but that's a little bit more dark. And I, I'm guessing, I mean, ho- as long as we don't hear Charmed High School style, like, I don't, we Ugh, don't need that. Yeah, I don't want another high school show. <laughs> like, it'd be nice because with the with the original Charmed, they were, um, they were grown women, you know? They were past college, they were, and that was nice, too. To, you don't always see that. And it's kind of interesting because if it does come on the CW, they do tend to do youngish type shows. So I do wonder, like, what's going to be the setting? Is it going to be high school? Is it going to be college? Which, you know, is kind of overdone, too. Sabrina Teenage Witch is already doing that. So um, 
I'm, I'm going to go with Shannon with this one, per usual. I usually always take her side. Yeah. <laughs> Even though when I figure out she's, she might have been wrong. You know? <laughs> it's like, I, I think I'm going to give it a chance. Although it's like, the marketing for it could have been done better. Yeah, and that's just the thing. And who knows? Maybe they'll actually listen to people that were, you know, we're interested in giving the show a chance, but maybe not say, call it Charmed. But yeah, we... They need to, they have to call it that. That's yeah. what they're doing with all the reboots. Most of yeah. these reboots are just... The name, like, <laughs> yeah. Roseanne, Will and Grace, or like, you know, even X-Files, which was more of a continuation, but it was still like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's say? Well, this show is definitely a reboot, but whatever. I mean, because it's based off the movie, and it's in continuity with all the movies now, but we've got our Ash versus Parting video right here for you guys. Give a uh, little parenting advice. Papa Ash here. <laughs> Let me tell you, folks. Kids and parties go together like hookers and hand jobs. They booze, they smoke, they get high, they screw. How do you handle this? Hmm. Simple. You tag along. Why the hell should they have all the fun? Hey, kid. That's what my parents up a new batch of big fucker. You're grounded. <laughs> Papa's getting wasted tonight. Woo! I love that he brought up Pink Fuck, which was a, a, a drink invented by um, him and Ted Raimi's character. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, How um, many of those are there? Those little parenting yeah, videos? I think uh, there's been like three of them so okay, far. Yeah, cute. it's funny. Yeah. I'm like, it's a cute little thing because Ash, you know, has found out he's a, a father, not to Kelly, which still frustrates me, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Art Master Austin is saying, Papa Ash is home. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, I like how they had the ashy, slashy, like, you know, painted on the wall. Yeah. I love that. I actually have a little box from Stars that when I open it up, it says that. And oh, I, that's cute. it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, speaking of things that are awesome, and it's sort of related, they call them zombies on here, even though they're all just deadites to me. But yeah, iZombie season four has their first uh, teaser photo. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for it because, I mean, I think iZombie is a show where it took the, it's, I mean, I love when when genre when a show like subverts the the genre in the sense of this is a zombie show, but this particular season, what they're doing, it's like zombies are spoiler alert, zombies are out in the open for season four, pretty much, and they're all in Seattle, it seems, um, <laughs> which I guess kind of makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, because the nation's in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and they're all in Seattle, and there's this battle going on um, with them uh, about, and it's more. It's not like oh, everyone's crouching down in basements and everything. It's very political what's happening. It's like, are you on the side of the zombies? Or are you on the side of the humans? And the humans are being like, Seattle's being quarantined, basically. And and what's happening is that the humans can't get out. And there's this question if the government's going to just bomb all of Seattle to get rid of the zombies. Or yeah. if zombies have rights. Well, and if they bomb <laughs> all of Seattle, you know that British Columbia is just going to be way too high to do anything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's immediately where my mind when <laughs> <laughs> like what about yeah exactly but yeah like i zombie is a show that i have yet to really like watch a lot of but i love rob thomas and i love the concept and it's got such a good cast like I, yeah. maybe i'll catch up before it you know, no show yeah it's, it's a quality show and i think it's coming out at the end of february um that's when it comes back um so um yeah it's a, it's a really fun show it's on its fourth season i think one of the things i had read was that they're shortening the seasons to get more 
for your buck with each episode, which a lot of shows are doing. Um, and I think that's going to be good for it as opposed to, you know, some shows they get to the fourth season, they kind of lag off. So now they're kind of kind of twisting it all around for this fourth season. Yeah, that's me. I honestly prefer shows that are more 10 to 13 episodes as opposed to the full 22. While I enjoy like 22 episodes of Arrow and stuff like that, that's why you'll have like an off episode is because there's like definitely has to be filler when you're doing that many. Yeah, it becomes yeah. a lot of filler after yeah. a bit with 22 episodes. I mean, I think I mean, I mean, think we talked about it before that the 22 episode or 23 episode thing tends to stay because of um, advertisements or whatnot or needing to fill a quota or something. But I don't think in this day and age, especially when people do get bored and they don't want filler and you have Netflix and all of that where you can, you know, binge something in 10 episodes... This is the wave of the future, probably. Yeah, I also want to jump like. in here uh, yeah. because I was—I haven't watched uh, season three of iZombie yet, but uh, we actually had Stephen Weber in here for I Blame Dennis Hopper, which is a podcast and show on the Popcorn Talk Network. And if you guys watched iZombie, he was the head of the Energy Drink Corporation from season two oh. and was amazing. Uh, he's such a cool dude. So if you guys want to check that out on popcorntalk.com. It's really cool because Stephen Weber is definitely an interesting guy. Yeah, that's awesome. really cool because Stephen Weber um, was the lead in The Shining, uh, the mm-hmm. television reboot, yeah. which a lot of people really like more sometimes than the Kubrick version, which I disagree, even though I enjoy it, because um, it's a little bit more closely in line with the book. It's but, what Stephen King wanted. He didn't yeah. like the, he didn't like the Jack Nicholson one. Yeah, and that's why like Stephen King himself enjoys Stephen Weber's yeah. performance a little bit more because it's more in line with who he thought Jack yeah. Torrance was, which is cool. And yeah, like... So Stephen Weber is actually a pretty big part mm-hmm. of the uh, horror community, and he'll be at Texas Frightmare Weekend, as with us, guys, for Cinco de Mayo. You might see us in a rainbow sombrero. It is something that happens at Texas Frightmare Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Fine. so that'll be cool. Maybe we can talk to Stephen Weber about our zombie. <laughs> But, yeah, like, um, speaking of more more zombies, Evan Gamble joins Fear the Walking Dead in the already very, like, big cast this season. Now, I'm yeah. super excited about Garrett Dillahunt, who's one of my favorite actors. He'll be a villain. But then you also have, like, Jenna Elfman, and um, God, there's just Maggie Grace, I think, is going to yep. be on this season. You have a huge cast already, so I'm like, where are they going to fit Morgan, in? And Morgan, Morgan from The Walking Dead. Yes, like Lenny James is doing there, yeah. And I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to still wrap my head around how this is going to work. Well, because, too, <laughs> it's like, how's he going to get from, they're still, like, in Alexandria, exactly. and you're like, how's he going to get all the way to Los Angeles, where, you know, Fear the Walking Dead is? And, you know, now they've kind of gone into Mexico, so it's like, that that can't be an easy feat because I mean I would assume that planes are not really being in use. <laughs> no, yeah. and I think I mean from my understanding, Fear of the Walking Dead is like five months or so before. Like they're not on the same timeline necessarily. At least that's when it first started. It wasn't on the same timeline, so it's also trying to figure out that with Morgan as well. But it seems like I mean they're kind of up in the ante when it comes to this show um, with. Uh, the new characters, the new big villain, and everything, trying to grab a little bit more of the attention. Because like we talked about before, The Walking Dead has been having a little bit of a um, rating slump. So, I mean, Fear of the Walking Dead was never on the same numbers as that. So maybe they're trying to preempt... Yeah, and that's the thing, is I'm someone who hasn't really watched Fear of the Walking Dead, mostly because I'm very angry because I used to have a stand-up joke about how you yeah. couldn't do <laughs> a Walking Dead in um, Los Angeles because nobody would know what to do. Like, we don't have survivalist skills here, unlike, you know, in Atlanta or, like, more where I'm from, like, the South. So I was bittered about that, but then they knew. Put one of my favorite actors in it, and I'll watch this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
No, I mean, it definitely has a fan base. I know some people weren't totally, like, happy with it. They think it moves a little slow. But considering the timeline and everything, it makes sense. And I think now it's starting to find its pace after so after a few seasons to get to that point where we're having the big villain, where, you know, characters are being more established, fan favorites are coming. And with this question of Morgan coming in, I think that'll be really fun as well. Because Morgan's a great character. He he could be polarizing, you know, when, when he was on that whole uh, no-violence shtick and it was just like, really? But... Yeah, like, I always enjoyed Morgan. I mean, Lenny James is such a good actor, and then you have those scenes where I liked that part of Morgan, where he was about nonviolence and stuff like that, and, like, the journey that we saw with his character that, you know, you don't get to see in the comics. So it's interesting to see how this is explored. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a little sad because I kind of ship uh, Morgan and Carol, you know... Carol. <laughs> yeah. I know you, Carol and Daryl shippers are not going to like that, but like I kind of Yeah, they had nice that. chemistry. Yes, yeah. they do. They did have nice chemistry. So, And you know, Carol will get her game on with anybody. That's what I like yeah. about Carol is she's just like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and with Fear of the Walking Dead, I like their little shorts that they do in between The yeah. Walking Dead because it featured some of my favorite actors, Kathleen Gotti, who's a friend of After Buzz. She was in the first one that was nominated for a lot of awards. And then uh, this last year, it was Michael Mosley, who's mm-hmm. an actor I really love. So it's really cool. I kind of wish they would incorporate more of those characters. Yeah, and it's really like, cool yeah. when they create yeah. this universe around that goes beyond just what you see in that 60 minutes. And this is, I mean, this is kind of the new age of how content is being connected, right? Like, you have the webisodes. You have those in-betweens that kind of, it goes beyond the, the 45 minutes, which is great and really immerses, really immerses the uh, audience, which is good. Yeah. You know, and actually we've, uh, Art Monster Austin Prophet in the chat brings up a cool idea for a show. And, you know, I love, you know, when people throw out their ideas, like, you know, my Law & Order cast. But, yeah, like, he's like, they could do a prequel series with Jason's mother and her son, kind of like Bates Motel. Like, and actually Camp Crystal Lake has been toyed around being a show. Like, because I actually know people who are involved with Sean S. Cunningham and, mm. like, wrote the pilot hoping that they would do a Friday the 13th series but it's been shelved for now but every once in a while I do see it kind of pop back up and being that we've got this resurgence of horror I thought it was a good thing to bring up that, with Jason and their mother um, like that's what he's hoping but that was not the Camp Crystal Lake idea but okay. um, that might be something they should consider yeah. yeah I mean I mean we've already had Bates Motel but yeah yeah and that's the thing is like you know which was an awesome show yeah that was, that was so good <laughs> Rihanna like, <laughs> was on there I mean yeah uh, <laughs> I mean she was the Janet Lee character right? like, I was like this show it's like I love that the act that the the showrunners and stuff was willing to take those chances you just knew it was such a creative team so well yeah and that was the thing is like such a stellar cast with Vera Farmiga and Freddie Highmore mm-hmm. and often didn't get a lot of like praise just no, because it was yeah. on like a cable network that yeah. people didn't really watch but There's yeah that bias there yeah I mean I know that's the same thing with The Walking Dead where people like it needs to get more like you know awards and stuff I mean with what Andrew Lincoln and all of them do in terms of their acting and they don't get that recognition as much well I mean I'll just say it awards are kind of BS like they're usually the you know there's a certain class I mean there's a reason that Gary Oldman hopefully will win his 
first Oscar, but he's the greatest actor of all time, y'all. Um, is because they don't <laughs> always give it to people that are that good, like or like stuff that people actually watch. I believe I was watching the real ones, and they're like, you know, we don't watch any of these movies. We watch like Fast and the Furious. Where are these, yeah. Why are these movies not nominated for Oscar? Well, it's the like, same yeah. thing with horror that we're seeing now with yeah. Get Out and other ones, and you know, just horror shows getting this kind of treatment of more seriousness and legitimizing it. Um, I think that's we'll see that a bit more, but it's been a long time coming because it doesn't get that kind of recognition. I mean, there's no way like a zombie show at times will get that, you know, even though Walking Dead and even Fear the Walking Dead has so many poignant characters that, you know, there's some really great acting scenes, but people are thinking, oh, zombie show, someone's eating brains. This can't be... You know, well, the academy tends to think they're a little highbrow. I mean, they're okay with protecting rapists, but they're not okay with giving you know stuff where actual actors are doing good work just because it's got a zombie in it or something. It's like a lot. Most zombie shows are actually metaphors, guys. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing about the horror genre in general. It's it start. I mean, you know. a Night of the Living Dead. That was a, that was a whole thing about feminism and racism and things like that. Yeah, George Romero was beautiful as far exactly. as his symbolism. I mean, like, hello, Dawn of the Dead is all about consumerism. Everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, horror has a very uh, a long history in being more in depth. And same thing with the TV shows of horror, but they don't get that kind of recognition. So. But, eh, as I say, these awards don't matter. These people don't even seem to know what people watch or like. Just you guys. But, um, yeah, like, speaking of shows that we like and things I love to see, I'm all about cannibals. And I'm glad we finally got another (laughs) cannibal show with Channel Zero's this year's Butcher Block. We've got some uh, exclusive photos uh, that were on the Sci-Fi Wire here, guys. And I, they just look really creepy. That's what I like about yeah. this Channel Zero that's coming up. And, of course, Rudger Hauer, speaking of good, like, actors who never get that much recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, I'm I'm still on the fence a little bit about the plot line. I'm yeah. not a big fan of cannibalism. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, no, I love cannibals. <laughs> I, dug, I mean, the first two seasons of... Of Channel Zero were my jam. Like I loved um, the 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 one about the the children's show. I love creepy more than I love. Uh, I don't want to say gross, but I like creepy more than I like blood splattering type horror. So those two were more my jam in terms of like the nowhere house. And this one, it's a bit more graphic. I even saw a little bit. We saw. I think we showed like the teaser uh, trailer some time ago, and I think they were like cutting out someone's tongue. And I was like, all right. So. Yeah, I love that it's like a southern family and they're like more like upper crust because usually like the cannibals are mm-hmm. always like the, the poor. Yeah. And I'm like, that's offensive, guys. You yeah. know that rich people eat. And like Gotham sort of did that this year with a lot of like the rich eating the poor. Like, yeah. but, so this is interesting how we're seeing that in other shows as well. So it's a good time to come out with this butcher's block. Yeah, no, I agree with that, especially the metaphor of the rich eating the poor. Yeah. Or the rich eating. Because <laughs> as we say, like we're talking about horrors always using metaphor. Exactly. Yeah. And this is definitely going to be one. I, that's why, because of the first two seasons and just knowing how um, in-depth these stories tend to go, I definitely know that it's going to be more than just, you know, someone getting cut up and hung, you know, by hooks or something, by, like, meat, uh, which would be fine for vi- yeah. visuals, horror visuals. It's fine. But that I think it'll be deeper than that, just given, like, what you were saying about the fact that the cannibals are clearly this uh, well-to-do family. 
So Yeah, and that's what I like is like, you know, as we say, it's going back into metaphor and sort of showing something that we haven't really seen until like you see like the Professor Pig stuff with Gotham and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see them kind of go into that. But speaking of shows coming out that I'm just like in love with, Hulu has another trailer for Castle Rock and it's been a while since we saw one. Yeah. This looks really good. It looks really good. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm always a big fan of Stephen King's yeah. stories, and I was not as familiar with, like, no, what was going either. on with this. But, yeah, we've got the trailer here for you guys that they just released, and we'll be able to play it here soon. But, yeah, like, I was very intrigued by this, and I love Bill Skarsgård's in it. Like, even though I yeah. think his brother is, like, the hottest dude in the world, Bill is, like, mm-hmm. such a good actor. He's a I mean, really yeah. good actor. He's a very subtle actor, and it, and it really works, um, especially from what I've seen of the trailer. And this um, show is supposed to have a lot of the, I don't want to call it tropes, because sometimes when you say tropes, it kind of has a, a negative yeah. Um, connotation to it, but that definitely has all of the Stephen King tropes in it. The the angry dog stuff going on, like Cujo, yeah. the, the Shawshank Redemption, the prisoner, something weird's going on in the town, some childhood trauma. So it's all of the things you love or kind of are creeped out about Stephen King and it's going to be in in this show, it seems. So that's really exciting to me. Yeah, and that's the thing is like it seems like it's a big compilation of like his work more so than one particular story. Because yeah. I was like, oh, Stephen King has so many things. So you're like, okay, well, is this something I missed? But yeah, as you say, all the little nods to like it and Cujo, and you know, I, I actually know Dee Wallace, so I'm like, maybe we can get her. Maybe she makes a cameo. We yeah, can get her that'd in be here. Awesome. Yeah. Hey guys, which video do you want me to play? Sorry, I was working off an old rundown. Yeah, like. Um, um, it's the Castle Rock trailer. Cool. Got it right here for cool. you guys. Yeah. yeah. Sorry really about creepy. that. I know. Like, it We're just came out today, so I just sent it in later. Call from Shawshank. Call from Of course. Shawshank. Another Stephen King movie. <laughs> and his James Franco um, 1123 um, show was really good. That was shot in Dallas. I think that something terrible is going to happen. Or Sissy Spacek. Like, that's why I was like, oh, he's got to have, like, a lot of good cameos from his other big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, this mm-hmm. all, it looks really good. And I, I, it seems as though Stephen King is giving Hulu his series and Netflix his movies. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm feeling. I feel like he, he decided, you'll get my movies and you'll get my series. Which I'm a little sad because I don't have a Hulu subscription. Oh. So... Um, I don't know how I'm going to watch it. Hulu is well <laughs> worth it. As I say, I honestly like Hulu better than Netflix because okay. I'm more of a TV person and like that's a thing. It's like Netflix uh, has yeah. a lot of series. Yeah, too. they have They're a lot of better. series, but they've like lost a lot of them to Hulu yeah. because they didn't feel like that was their audience. Like and and I I have both, but you know, it, to each his own, but I, I highly recommend Hulu if you guys don't have it because they have great series like this and Marvel's Runaways. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many, and like the 11, uh, 23, 63. Yeah. I mean, such a good show. Yeah. And JJ Abrams is also a part of this. Exactly. Um, part yeah. of this project. So, you know, it's going to be good. I, I, lo- I love him too. Um, so, I think it's going to be really, it looks like it's going to be really quality. And it's one of those things where it's such a mystery. You don't know what's happening. You just know, once again, because it's Stephen King, there's probably something going on with the town and all the different characters and I think also what I love about it is that the headlining character and 
Stephen King has a tendency to do this in his stuff, and he doesn't get a lot of credit for it. But he tends to have it so that if we're talking about like representation in horror. He tends to have it so uh, there's always a a very important character that happens to be of color, yeah. usually or usually African American character. I mean, even in The Shining, and that was one of the reasons why he didn't particularly care for the first movie because the black character was supposed to be more um, central to it, and he wasn't. And that was one of the things he highlighted. And it's really cool with this one, Castle Rock, where it seems like the main character, one of the main characters. Is a is a black lead, which is cool. Yeah, Stephen King has always made it a point to have diversity, whether it be yeah. you know female leads or leads of color and stuff like that in all of his books. And as you say, sometimes the movies and television shows depicted from these things didn't always have that. And yeah, as I say, the, if you haven't seen The Shining, that he prefers that was a TV version with Stephen Weber, guys, be sure to watch that because I know some people crap on like a lot of Stephen King stuff, especially in the eighties. Like, but you know what? I find most of them very enjoyable. I do too. I mean, I love Stephen King, and I, I mean, it, the it miniseries yeah. movies was like one of my favorites. Maybe oh, more so that. than the the new one that came out. To be honest with you, but it's just it's one of those things where he he knows how to build characters. It's not always like jump out fear, and we see that with Castle Rock. It's not necessarily jump out fear. It's more like there's something going on here. It plays on your he plays on your senses. That was the thing about it too. The original it that I loved, and you, we see this with Castle Rock here is that it's not so much out and out you know I'm a clown or whatever it's more like it's playing on what could it be so that's I, I find that more interesting than blood and gore yeah, so. and that's the thing is Stephen King. Most of his novels are just sort of like more of a build to like this possible evil rather than just in your face. Like, because I really love Dreamcatcher. I know a lot of people yeah. hate that movie. I'm like, I loved it. I loved the symbolism with the the thoughts in your head and the filing cabinets and all that. I thought that 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 was just a great film. And uh, but yeah, that's why I say Stephen King's got a good you know library of stuff, whether it's the books or the movies or television. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe I mean maybe somehow some way I will figure out. How how to watch Castle Rock, and since yeah. you will watch it, we can just recap yeah. it a little bit. <laughs> Might as well, right? <laughs> but yeah, speaking of highlighting women and uh, people of color, it yes. is Black History Month as well as Women in Horror Month. Yes. So to celebrate Black History Month, we wanted to play a clip from our interview with Mario Van Peebles. Where we talk about the new horror genre. We gonna fly away. You know, one of the things I was wondering is, you know, we've had like Get Out happening and everything. Like, why, why, why did this genre in particular like jump out to you? The whole superstition, um, supernatural thing. I mean, we, we're seeing this kind of renaissance or like this like reemergence of black horror and things of that nature. And now superstition is a part of that. Right. Uh, it's interesting how these things time out. Um, you know, actually, it wasn't you know my first inclination. I, although I like the horror thriller space and I have in fact a movie coming out that is a thriller comes out I think sometimes in April sometime in April called Armed mm. uh, which I'll tell you about later cool. um, but what happened was I, Justin and Chris were at the Sci-Fi Network and they said you know we've got a big audience of a multi-culti audience but not a multi-culti representation uh, uh, on camera of folks in, of color and different colors in this space and I've always been interested in my family. We've got every flavor. We've got white, black, you know, straight, gay. So when I paint, I paint with all the colors. When I cast, you know, New Jack City, I put in an Asian cop, yeah. or my Jewish cop, or, you know, my brother cop. And then I played, you know, the, 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 one of the, uh, the police commissioner. You know, so, so I always mix it up. 
you know, when I did Posse, I put in Little Jay, who's, you know, white. I know because he's a Baldwin. You had to pay him a little more. <laughs> what I like, there's yeah. always a Baldwin for your budget, yeah. depending on where your budget is. Sorry, I love that part. Like, it's like Baldwin for your budget. Yeah, yeah. Like, Alec. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to kind of go down. Yeah, and, um, you know, that was such a good interview. Hopefully you guys will check all of that out later because he does talk about Armed and what that's about. And then he, he decided to take your uh, woke horror idea. Woke horror, yes. <laughs> He can have it. It's fine. Exactly. It's for everybody. Woke horror is for everyone. Yeah, that's the new genre that we have. It is. Like, and it's get really out. cool. Yeah. And it can still be oh. quality when it's even when a show is woke, like Superstition, which people should catch up on. Yeah, it's so good. They just had their yeah. season finale uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, it's it's one of those things where, and with Black History Month, where you can highlight the fact of Get Out and others, where it's saying this representation is it's quality. It, it shows a different narrative, and it doesn't have to be a slave narrative or something like that. It can be modernized and still horror. Yeah, and that's the thing is there are plenty of stuff that is pretty scary nowadays. Anyway, I mean, like the Purge <laughs> right. pretty well predicted well, what we I, have going on well, now. Well, with like, the Purge, yeah. I well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, speaking of depressing things, but let's go back to um, you know, women in horror. Like, women um, in horror. Much. I don't awesome. think we have uh, much time to play the clip here of Sadie Katz, but yeah, we have an interview with a friend of mine and Scream Queen, Sadie Katz who um, did a movie recently called The Bill Murray Experience. It's not really a horror film, but it's always good to highlight women in the business since it is often a male-dominated world. Yeah, and she's been in a couple movies. She has a new one coming out Mm -hmm. that I think they just finished filming on. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that's sort of her genre, even though um, Sadie herself is not really a big horror fan other than <laughs> Scream and Twin Peaks, like she said. She was but, very yeah. creeped out by us. Like, yeah. really. We were, because around this, uh, this interview, it was the Screams, like, 21st. Yeah anniversary or something and we were watching and getting so giddy watching the <laughs> yeah <I'm> like, <laughs> and she was like yes. why are you guys okay with this stuff? and she's the actress who's in like the horror so yeah cute. she has to be terrified in these scenes and then we're just like yes murder guts like me I'm like you little cannibals like <laughs> <laughs> yes that. yeah like I'm a, I'm a very sick individual guys but you know <laughs> like they make TV for me and that's why I, TV yeah exactly and like Speaking of TV, I love, uh, before we get into happy and the happy news about that show, we did a poll on Twitter this week after the best Lucifer episode I've ever seen. I mean, if you ever wanted to see Satan and Superman play a gay couple in sweaters, guys, that exists. Now, please go watch it. It's on Hulu, even if you don't have it. I'll even give you guys a password or show you how to illegally download this because Uh I enjoyed this episode so much because it gave me a ship that I finally care about, and that is Lucifer and Cain. And so I had to know, though, what you guys thought their ship name would be. I had Cainifer and Lucy Cain. And while it was a close number, at 48%, we had Canifer. Yay! Which is what I wanted, but Lucy Cain was 52. But that I'm like, even, oh. that, you know what it is. Yeah. It sounds like Candy Cane. You guys yeah. gotta think outside the box, okay? I know. I'm like, but. <laughs> it should have been Canifer. Yeah, Canifer. Like cannabis. Something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, see, you're thinking like me now. Like yeah. the one that sounds She's like drugs. She's rubbing off on me, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's, I even um, tweeted Joe Henderson. I was like, dude, this was like the best episode of a show I've seen in a long time. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Like it was so fun and like it's cute because like they actually sort of have this bond and at the end I really thought they were going to actually kiss. Mm. Um and because <laughs> like 
so Cain is wanting to die and Lucifer's trying to kill yeah. him and he's like dude I've been trying this like I've been trying to kill myself since the dark ages like come on and like at the end he even kind of like it's like fine get the chainsaw like <laughs> I wanted them to kiss but you know at least he whipped out the chainsaw and they're playing like murdering him even though he can't die Aww. but yeah that's it, romantic yeah it's a very sweet story mm-hmm. and um I'm sorry Lucy and Chloe Chloe Shippers nope it's Kane. that's his man because <laughs> we all know Lucifer goes both ways. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, he is saying, why, why put yourself in a box, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, But speaking of things that should not be put in a box, um, Happy was renewed for Yay! season two. Which I'm really happy about. Because like, I have thoroughly enjoyed this show. And I knew I would just because Christopher Maloney is the star and it's based off a Grant Morrison comic book. But that's what's so interesting about it getting a second season. Because yeah. the book does not continue after this no, point. No, it doesn't. It's a one shot so yeah I'm kind of wondering I'm not caught up yet because I'm like on like the third or fourth episode so does it have more story to tell you think well the thing is is I feel like they are going to go in a direction with um, Nick Sachs and Happy Lake, so I won't spoil too much. But yeah, it wraps up this story, and it was a Christmas story. So I'm kind of wondering if the second one, maybe they do like a different holiday, like because mm. that seems like a fun little central theme for this really sick, disturbing show. But so like Haley no longer will see Happy is what they've sort of cut out. So we're probably not going to have him as involved with the family stuff, and I think that may be where they're wanting to go because even though I mean. It has sort of a happy ending. I feel like he is seeing happy still for a reason. Yeah. And so I feel like this is more of going to be a different journey for Nick Sachs. Hmm. And hopefully it's around another holiday. Like, something goofy, like Easter or... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, something different. Not Halloween or something like that. Yeah, because Halloween's so obvious. That's what... I I think you and I had talked about it where we were wondering, because of the fact that it is a a graphic novel, that's what it's based off of, I was wondering if they were going to do what they've been doing with the American God where the American gods um, on stars um, they haven't finished the book yet you know yeah. like they he's really taking his time and going through every part of the book so even this, this first season that recently finished um, hasn't gone through the whole book so they got so much more to go and they might stretch it out but then I was wondering with happy how they were going to if they were going to finish it and then go to another and that's you know and that's shaky territory too because like with Fear of the Walking Dead and other shows now you don't have the source material behind you anymore which some people can you know feel like when you don't have the source material behind you it starts to get a little weird so I guess we'll see how that goes well and luckily for Happy it is weird anyway yeah. so like that and two like you have a powerhouse in Patton Oswald being behind mm-hmm. the Happy character and then I mean Christopher Maloney is up there with my favorite actors and he just honestly no one else could have sold this role like he did there was a lot of comments that it could have been very hokey if he wasn't in this so this seems like something that it'll be interesting to see how they go like I say I kind of want them to stick with the holiday theme but don't really go like we say like cheesy with Halloween or something sort of make it because they could really go any direction with him having this imaginary friend and being this you know sort of a PI like and that's the beauty of it. And we all know Maloney's a good investigator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe he investigated some sex crimes. I don't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> he already did that on another yeah. show. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the show's still on. <laughs> yeah, but he's not on it. Yeah. So. 
Unless he comes oh, yeah. back, like we said last week, for the Vampire Squad show. I know. It needs to be Cassidy and um, Stabler for exactly. the Vampire show. He should do that. He should do both. Because Pat Oswalt, he does multiple shows. Yeah, so. like, that's the thing, is they're both very busy actors. Yeah. They're on everything. Yes, they should be. I mean, mm-hmm. but, yeah. If you haven't caught up on Happy yet, I won't spill too much of it. But, like, you know, we're happy it's getting a season two. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. exciting. But yeah, it's a it's a good show, and it's actually all on Sci-Fi on demand yes, right you now. Yeah, you can get on Sci-Fi on demand because that's how I'm going to check out catch up, y'all. Yeah, because Superstition as well is on Sci-Fi yes. on demand. Yeah, um, that's how I watched all of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is good. I think if only Castle Rock was on. No, <laughs> yeah, if only Castle Rock. But as I say, I highly recommend Hulu. Yes. I, that's how I'm catching up on Smallville. But <laughs> like, I'd never seen that show, and now Hulu has it. Yes, and it's a thing, but that's not horror. But, you know, I'm watching Smallville because Tom Welling was on Lucifer. So, so it all connects. It all does. Mm-hmm. I can make this work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that is yes. it for our show. We got through all that news and with time to spare. But, guys, since we're done for tonight, you guys can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And be sure to watch us at our regular time slot Sundays at 10 p.m. after this week. And my podcast, Mrs. Brightside, comes out Tuesday on iTunes and maybe anywhere else you can find your podcast. I'm working on that right now. And Chauncey, where can they keep up the conversation with you? You can find me on Twitter at Miss Chauncey KR and also every Tuesday on The Flash After Show and After Buzz TV. All right. Thank you guys so much. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Hashtag Canifer. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.